go sell what you have, give to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven, come follow me. And he couldn't do it. Why? Because he had great possessions. No, the great possessions had him, see. So if you can't turn loose of your money at the direction of the Lord. Now, I didn't say at the direction of a preacher trying to bilk you out of your money. I didn't say that. How many of you know there's a lot of money bilking preachers out there? Uh, I'm not talking about that. But when the Lord speaks to your heart and you can't turn loose of it, then what, does, what do you conclude? You conclude that money's got a hold of you. And it can hinder you. You, you need to realize that. So be faithful in your tithing and giving, and, uh, and God will be faithful to you. Now in Galatians, the fifth chapter, 19th verse, we're doing a series on the fruit of the Spirit. Of course, um, we're using this as our text. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. See, we think a lot about the works of the flesh being adultery, fornication, uncleanness, all those sexual sins. But then verse 20 says idolatry. Did you know if you put anything ahead of the Lord? Anything. Include money, anything. You're considered an idolater. That's a work of the flesh. Why do we always... I mean, the sexual sins are worse. I got scripture to prove that to you. But we always put the emphasis on those sexual sins sins but what about idolatry what about sorcery now we only think sorcery you know you know abracadabra and all all that and that's true you know there are witches and warlocks out there did you know that but you know any form of of trying to control somebody else is is it falls under sorcery did you know that did, did you understand that when you have you ever wanted to control somebody? You wanted, you know, like married people a lot of times have trouble with this. You know, you're trying to control your spouse. You've got to be watchful. That's a work of the flesh. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. That means losing your temper, flying off the handle. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, wow, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. So he didn't even list them all here. There's other things. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who what? Those who practice, practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's so, a sobering verse, isn't it? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So two weeks ago we started with this. We did an introduction. And what I want to mention about that is, and I'm going to do this every time while we're doing this series, is Jesus looks for us to produce fruit. And the two types of fruit that he looks for us to produce, does anybody know what the first the first one is? Souls. souls. If we're not producing souls, if we're not telling people about Jesus and the gospel of the grace of God, if we're not doing that, then he sees us as unproductive. That's sobering, isn't it? And then what's the second kind of fruit? It's the fruit of the spirit. We just read that. It's the fruit of the born-again human spirit. When you get saved... The Holy Spirit distributes all nine of those fruit into your spirit. But then it's up to you and me to cultivate that fruit. 
We told you how to do that in the introduction so that it grows and is full in your life. Remember we said to you that the degree to which the fruit of the Spirit develops in your life, to that degree you will be able to overcome the works of the flesh. That's good to know. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. See, so if you, if you have those fruit developing in your life, to the degree that you have that fruit developing in your life, to that same degree you'll be able to overcome the works of the flesh. You will not, now listen carefully, you will not be able to overcome the works of the flesh in your willpower. You can only overcome the works of the flesh in your willpower for a short span or season of time. And you'll always wind up going back to that thing that you've tried to get free of. Have you ever had some, some work of the flesh going on in your life? And you tried to get free of it and you were able to get, you know, willpower, your New Year's resolution. You were able to overcome it for a while. But then you wind up by the 4th of July, you're back doing the same thing. Is that right? Well, you can't, you can't overcome, it doesn't, not the 4th of July, by Valentine's Day, you know. Valentine's Day. Back doing that old thing. You can't overcome the works of the flesh with willpower. It takes the development of the fruit of the Spirit. And that is the only thing that will ultimately overcome the works of the flesh. It's walking in the Spirit. And we showed you how to do that in the first session. Um, okay, last week. What did we talk about last week? That first fruit. What is it? Love. So we talked about that. Now today we're going to talk about joy. Today we're going to talk about joy. And I'm going to give you the definition of Bible joy. Of this fruit of the Spirit joy at the end as we go on in the message. Usually I, you know, a good teacher, I'll give you the definition right up front. We're going to give you the definition a little later on and show you how it operates. But uh, what I want to show you first of all, go to Joel the first chapter. Joel the first chapter in the 12th verse. Uh, you know, we've been saying to you that the fruit of the Spirit can be more or less in your life. It's up to you to what degree that... The fruit of the Spirit is, is either full or not full. It's up to you. And uh, th these two verses will, will, will show that to you. Look at Joel 1 verse 12. It says, The vines dried up, the fig trees withered, the pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, the apple tree, all the trees of the field are withered. A lot of fruit there. And, and why? Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Think about that. So can joy wither away? Can you have joy at one point and then at a later point in your life, it's withered away? Certainly. That's Bible proof for what I've been telling you. Right there it is. Joy can wither. It can be full. It can, it, it, it can be more or less. Same with all of these nine fruit. Now notice in Psalm the uh, 51st uh, chapter, you know, David, King David had sinned. He'd missed it. He uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba. Remember that? And then he tried to cover it up and he sent her husband, Uriah, to the front lines and had him killed. He was killed as a result. So David was an adulterer. He was an accessory to murder. And God sent the prophet Nathan over to talk to him. And uh, David had become so carnal 
that uh, when Nathan gave him that parable of the ewe lamb, he was so carnal, David was so carnal, he couldn't even see the meaning of the parable until uh, Nathan, Nathan the prophet, pointed at him. I don't know if he pointed at him, but he said to him, you are the man, because David, you remember, he, he, he wanted that, whoever did that bad thing, that the, you know, that little ewe lamb, remember that parable? He said, he said I, want him, I want him killed, I want him, you know, I want him punished, and so forth. And Nathan said to David, you are the man. Remember that? And David repented. David repented. Thank God we can repent. David was going to, if you really study that story, David was headed to an early death. It was going to cost, he was going to die. Because one of the first things Nathan said, he said, said, when David repented, he said, you're forgiven, you'll not die. But now his son did die. Sin's a costly thing, isn't it? Isn't it? He said, you're the man. It's really in the Bible, it's called the sin unto death. You know, we can play with sin so long, year after year after year after year after year after year after year, and if we don't repent, eventually it can be very costly. Well, let's don't ever let sin go that far in our lives. What do you say? We miss it, let's repent. And so God sent Nathan the prophet over to, da- to David, and, and, and David repented, and then he, re- he, re- I mean, he really repented. I mean, how many of you know there's crocodile tears, and then there's real tears? And David, he repented, real tears. He turned, he turned away from his sin, and, and he repented. And that 51st Psalm, you ought to read the whole thing sometime. It's his, it's his prayer of repentance. But notice in verse uh, 12, Psalm 51, 12, notice this. David says to the Lord, he says, restore to me the what? The joy of your salvation. It's God's salvation. And he said, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Notice David did not lose his salvation, but when there's sin in your life, it will steal your joy. Is that right? Absolutely. I know that firsthand. Any Christian that that is dabbling in sin, one thing I'll guarantee it to you, the joy of the Lord is not to the full in their life. That just can't be there. But you can repent, which David did, and he said, restore to me the what? The joy. So, So he had joy at one time, but it withered away, didn't it? But he got it back. He got it back. Is that wonderful that he got it back? So, so what am I trying to sh- share with you there? Joy can be more or less. It can be more or less. It can be full. It can be, it can be withered or somewhere in between. I don't know about you, but I'd like to keep it at the full. Now, why is joy so important? Now, we're talking about the joy of the Lord. In Nehemiah 8.10, the last part of that verse says, and you ought to know this one, the joy of the Lord is... Your strength. This is one of the... Now, now, love is, without a question, is the greatest of the nine fruit. But I'd say joy, there's a reason joy is listed second, because I think it's the second most important of those nine fruit. Because we know the joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. Our strength. We must have the joy of the Lord. If we don't have the joy of the Lord, we're not going to have strength, you see. So we need the joy of the Lord. And then something else... 
uh, why is joy so important? Why do we need this fruit of joy to the full in our life? Why? Well, it's, the, it's our strength. But then something else, Proverbs 17.22. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart, or we could say a joyful heart, a merry heart, a joyful heart, does good like a what? Like a medicine. A joyful heart. A merry heart. A joyful heart. So, the joy of the Lord is not only our strength, but it's medicine. And then, Psalm 105, verse 43. Psalm 105, verse 43. Psalm 105, verse 43 says, He brought out His people... This is out of Egyptian bondage, if I'm not mistaken. He brought out his people with what? He brought them out with joy. He brought out his people with joy. His chosen ones with gladness. So if you're in a rough spot in your life, if the devil has you in some sort of a bondage, the way out of that is with the joy of the Lord. The way out of that is with the joy of the Lord. That's good to know, isn't it? If you're in some kind of bondage in your life, you got sickness in your well, that's just sickness is a bondage, and, and a merry heart does good like a medicine. If you're weak, well, the joy of the Lord is your strength, you see. And if you're in some sort of a bondage, how does he bring his people out? He brings them out with with joy. And we're going to talk about what this joy actually is. I'm just trying to show you how important it is. And then, how many of you would like to successfully finish your course here on the earth that the Lord's given you to... Well, notice in Acts, the 20th chapter, the Apostle Paul, God had given him an assignment for his life. And in Acts 20, verse 23, Paul says, except he, he was headed for uh, uh, Jerusalem, I believe it was. And he said, the Holy Spirit testifies that in every city saying that chains and tribulations await me. You know, most people would quit right there, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? Absolutely. But he said, none of these things move me, in verse 24, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with what? That's the only way you and I are going to successfully finish our race for God that he's given us to run down here is with joy. And you can see it because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we're going to need strength to finish the race. And then he says, the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify... To the gospel of the grace. Well, there's the grace of God. We'll talk about that Wednesday evening. So how are you going to be able to successfully finish your course? Uh, with joy. How are you going to be able to successfully finish your marriage without getting a divorce? You're going to have to have the joy of the Lord mixed in there. Amen. Come on now. Huh? That went over like the lead balloon, huh? I actually one time was up teaching many, many, many years ago. And, and uh, it was around Valentine's Day. And, and I said, uh, I said, now I want all you uh, married people in here. 
I said, I said, uh, fellas, I said, put your hand around your, put your arm around your wife and, you know, kiss her on the cheek or something like that. And, and one lady got mad as a wet hornet at me. She mad said, I don't like him. You made me do that publicly. It's getting late early. That's what uh, Yogi Berry would say. Well, you know, God's a good God, isn't he? And he's provided joy of the Lord, hasn't he? His joy. He's given us his joy. Whose joy is it? It's his joy. You know, the Bible says God sits in the heavens and laughs. And you know when he's laughing? He's laughing when people are coming against him and saying all kinds of bad stuff against him. That's a good time to laugh, isn't it? I had somebody, I got up this morning, <laughs> I looked on the Google Gmail, and there was somebody reviewed, reviewed, reviewed me. I didn't know his name, don't have a clue who he is, and I've never gotten a review. It's been years since I got a review. And I thought, wow, well, this could be pretty cool. And I clicked on it, and it said, false teachers. <laughs> and so... I thought, I don't even know this guy. So, you know what you do? I, there was a day that would have bugged me. But it would go, ha, 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 Because I know I'm not a false teacher. I'm teaching the word of God. <laughs> and then I get to thinking about the men of God that are out there that are really, you know, you know that really get criticized, you know, that they, they write books on them, you know. I wonder if I could take somebody writing a book on me. I don't know. I think I could take it, but I could only take it with what? With the joy of the Lord. You just got to smile and just shake your head, just go on down the road. But um, be that as it may, the only way we're going to finish our course is with the joy of the Lord. Now, if you're a single person and you're looking to be married, do you know the joy of the Lord can help you out? Be a joyful person. Now, a lot of single people aren't looking to be married, and that's fine. But some people, single people are. And just have the joy of the Lord about you. Have the joy of the Lord about you. Have the joy of the Lord about you. Amen. And God can get that person to you that he wants to you. Is that right? The joy of the Lord. Um, a good dose of the joy of the Lord will do away with that old sourpuss. Have you ever dealt with the old sourpuss? You know what I'm talking about? Look up here. I remember I was teaching at Merrimack. <laughs> I was teaching at Merrimack. Anybody know where Merrimack is? Teaching there. I was teaching uh, intermediate algebra, and I had this lady sitting on the front row, right in front of me. And I was prepared for her because I used to teach junior high, and I had all kinds of kids sit on the front row, and they'd they'd sit there and they'd, you know, you know, they'd cross their eyes and all that, you know. And then we'd get into a staring contest, and 
I can stare these, 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 I can stare them down. See, she's already, she'd never, she'd never last against me. So. Huh? Yeah, I know I was going to do it now, but I, I know I'd win and I don't have time right now. So. I got to finish this message. So I'm teaching at Merrimack, and this lady sat on the front row, and, and I'm not, ma- and, and I'd tell one of my, you know, I've got some pretty good stories, you know, and I'd tell a story or something, this or that, and she just, <laughs> so I took it for about, uh, about halfway through the semester, and I couldn't take it anymore, and I told one of my humdingers, you know, I just threw one of my humdingers out there, and the whole rest of the class is laughing and having a good time, and she's sitting there. And I said, lady, I, I, did, I, I, I shouldn't have done this, I guess, but I, I, just, I said, ma'am, I said, I'm going to make you laugh if it's the last thing I ever do before the end of the semester. And just that quick, she came back and I didn't know smiling was a prerequisite for this class. That's what she said to me. You know, some people, you just, they're just going to be miserable, aren't they? I don't know about you, but I want to have some joy about me. I want to have some joy about me. How about you? I want to have some joy about me. Have a little fun. Might as well have a little fun. Have a little fun. You know, sometimes we could just be too serious. Too serious. I, I know I've been guilty of that at times. You're too serious. Sometimes we just need to have a little bit of fun. Now, you can go overboard on the other side, just have too much fun that you never are serious enough. But, but I tell you what, we can have a little bit, bit of fun about us. You know, you know one reason that I know Jesus had the joy, uh, had, had, well, he is the Lord, it's his joy. But you know how, how I know that he had joy about him? You know one reason that I know that? Is because the little kids wanted to get up around him. If you don't have, if you, if, if you got that old sourpuss, your little kids don't want to be around that, you know. You understand that? So I tell you what, I think all of us could use a little dose of joy. A little, what, do, what do you say? All of us, including me? Huh? Little, little, in, little increase. Say increase. Just, just increase of it. Amen. And so if you're going to finish your course, you're going to have to do it with what? You're going to have to do it with joy. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, I don't know. Have any of you ever watched uh, Scrooge the Musical? And, 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 and that first, that first ghost of Christmas past, I mean, she's kind of stuffed shirt, you know. But then that, <laughs> but then that, but then that, that big giant of guy comes on. And, ho, 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 ho. How many, have you ever seen that? And Scrooge is just shaking. He says, Scrooge, come in here, you weird little man. You know, I mean, I like that guy. And he, he's giving, and then Scrooge, you know, he's got that, he's like that lady that was sitting on the front row, you know. And, and, and then he gives uh, Scrooge, a, he lets him, he pours him a drink. And Scrooge says, what's that? He says, it's the milk of human kindness. And so remember, he takes a swig of that. And then, and then a little bit later on in the movie, it, that starts wearing off. And Scrooge starts getting grumpy again. And, 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 he, and Scrooge says, can you give me some more of that, that stuff? Stuff, you know, we could all use a, a, a dose of the joy of the Lord. What do you What do you say? Just the fruit of the Spirit, the joy of the Lord. 
You know, I didn't have any of that in my notes, what I just shared the last. Maybe it helps somebody. Now, go to uh, Philippians 4. We notice the Apostle Paul said he'd finish his course with joy. And uh, I hear some little kid over there, he's got the joy joy of the Lord on him. It, it It must have jumped over there. Either that or he's got the teachers tied up or something. <laughs> remember they tied Lucy. Remember Lucy? How many ever heard of Lucy? I love Lucy. Remember she's babysitting those two twins, you know? How many remembers that? And they tied her up and they, <laughs> they put papers underneath her. And they, they were doing the, the, the war dance around her. They're going to burn her at the stake. How many remembers that? I mean, Lucy. Speak. <laughs> Speaking of the Apostle Paul, notice he says here, now, now in Philippians, now it's important that you notice this in Philippians 4.4, 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. rejoice. Let's say that together. Say, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let's say it together now. Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say, rejoice. So he's telling them to rejoice. And it's interesting that this is written in the book of Philippians, it's, it's very important. Of all the uh, epistles, the letters that Paul wrote, or of all the epistles that either he or James or, or Peter or, or whatever wrote, this epistle, Philippians, is known as the epistle of joy. And it's interesting that this, uh, this epistle, it, it, the circumstances around this epistle started out with anything but joy, as far as the circumstances go. Because you see, Paul was in the area of Philippi, and he was minding his own business, going along, and uh, there was a a demon-possessed fortune teller. Has anybody ever met a demon-possessed fortune teller? And Paul cast a demon out of this girl, and the people that had control over her got angry, and they had Paul and his ministry companion Silas thrown into prison. How many, do you remember that? And at the midnight hour, now you see the circumstances didn't look real good there, did it? Paul did something that the Lord must have directed him to do. He did something really good. And, and he set this girl free by the power of the name of Jesus, you know. And the next thing you know, he's in prison, in the, in the, in the worst part of the prison. He's, in, he's bound with chains, you know. And, and at the midnight hour, while a lot of people, including maybe myself, would have been grumbling and complaining, saying, Lord, look at what I did for you, and now I'm here in this prison. Blah, 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 blah. But not Paul and Silas. Uh, they were, anybody remember, know what they, does anybody remember what they were doing? They were, what, rejoicing and singing hymns in the midnight hour. The Bible says the other people heard them. You remember that? And there was an earthquake that hit that prison. It didn't hit the rest of the area. It just hit that prison. It just shook that prison. And it shook all of their chains off. Remember that? Shook them loose. And they were all miraculously set free. And, and it's interesting. The prisoners didn't, didn't run out. You know that must have been a move of God. I'm convinced all those prisoners got saved. Did you know Paul was a soul winner? He not only had the nine fruit of the Spirit, but he was a soul winner. First and foremost, he was a soul winner. Everywhere this man went, he got people saved. 
And he was a soul winner. And I'm convinced he got the rest of those people saved, those inmates. I'm convinced of it because they would have run off otherwise. I, I, either, either that or they were just frozen under, under the power of God. I don't know which. But uh, he pro- they probably were all saved. And uh, actually, I, well, 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 they were some of his first church, church members. Listen to this. The warden, remember what happened? The warden came in and he was ready to kill himself. How many remembers that? Because if the prisoners escape, now the warden's going to be responsible. He's going to be put to death. He comes in and Paul says, no, 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 don't, don't do that. And then he asks the question of the ages. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And, and Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in the household. Remember that? How many remembers that? And, and a long story short, the, the warden of the prison got saved and they started a church there in Philippi. And I'm convinced some of those inmates became some of the first members of that church. That's power, this powerful stuff here. Did you know the gospel is powerful? My goodness. The real gospel is powerful. Powerful. And, uh, and that Philippian warden, that jailer, became the pastor of the church. It's powerful stuff. And this church becomes Paul's main partner in helping him finance his ministry in spreading the gospel. Think about that. And it's interesting, if you read Philippians 1.12, it's a powerful verse. Because Paul says, I want you to know, brethren... Now he's writing back to these people. The church has been established. Some years have gone by. He's writing back to them. And he says, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me. See, now if you don't know the background I just gave you, this verse isn't going to mean as much to you. He says, the things which happened to me. What things? Thrown into prison. Right? Do you got that? Do you have that? He says, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Now see, when you're going through stuff, bad stuff, anybody ever go through bad stuff besides me? And it looks like you're between a rock and a hard place. You, you've done something good and, you're, and something bad happened. I mean, whatever the case. And when you're going through that tough spot, it's never any fun, is it? Never any fun. But see, what we don't realize at the time, as we should, is that a lot of times when we're going through that bad stuff, it's actually something that God is going to use that he'll turn the thing around and he'll use it to further his gospel. Did you get what I just said? This is good to know. We need to know this. He, he says, and I want, he, he, they didn't obviously know this as they should. So he said, I want you to know. And I'm telling you the same thing. I want you to know that the things which have happened to you over the years perhaps is going to turn around at some point. Maybe it already has. And God is going to use it or is using it or has used it for the furtherance of the gospel. That's encouraging. When Paul and Silas were sitting in that prison you see, we look back at it now and we know the story. But they didn't know, they didn't know that, that, that there was going to be a, 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 a church spring out of them. Pray, see, they, they had to praise God in the midnight hour. You know it's not easy to praise God in the midnight hour when things are going bad. 
And it's easy to praise God when everything's going good, but it's not easy to praise God when things are going bad. And how many of you know things were going bad in this midnight hour? But see, at, from where they sat, they didn't realize that God was because, see, they had to make a decision. Now listen to me. You have to make a decision when things are going bad. Are you going to yield to that fruit of joy or are you not? Did you hear what I just said? And see, a lot of people, and I'm convinced, if Paul and Silas, listen to me, if Paul and Silas would have grumbled and complained and been down in the mouth and mully grubs and blah, 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 and the sourpuss and all of that stuff, if they would have done that, I'm convinced that that jailer would have never gotten saved, there would not have been an earthquake, and, and that jailer and all those prisoners may have lived their lives out, died, and went to hell. There would have never been a church there. But you see, Paul and Silas... In that midnight hour when things were looking horrible, things were looking bad, they made a decision to yield to the fruit of joy. And look at all the good things God did out of it. Isn't that wonderful? What did they do in the midnight hour? Look at James 1 verse 2. Most of you are familiar with this. They were doing James 1 verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you just won the lottery. Huh? Count it all joy when somebody gave you a bunch of ice cream. See, I got her to smile. See, there you go. Here's a sweet spot. But what are you going to do when I take all the candy and, uh, and, and all the ice cream away from you? Oh, she's going to say, she's going to eat it before I can take it away from her. You're not helping me with my sermon. I'll go over here. But when are we supposed to count it all joy? When, 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 when? Trials, temptations, tests. That's when you count it all joy. And did you know that you can't do that except by faith? Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The only way that you're ever going to be able to count something as joy is by faith. Because when you're going through that midnight hour, there is no natural reason to be joyful. There's, the circumstances are bad. There's no reason to be joyful. You're going to have to count it all joy. You're going to have to do it by what? By faith. When, when, when things, there's no reason in the natural to be joyful, you're going to have to say, bless God, I know that the fruit of, of joy is on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit put it in there when I got saved, and I've been in the Word of God. I've been watering it with the Word of God, and I know it's in there. Now I'm going to yield to it. I'm going to stand on it, bless God, and I'm going to, rather than crab and complain, I'm going to lift my voice. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to shout to the Lord. Now you start that up, the devil's going to exit real quick. You hear me? Yes. Devil don't want no part of that. And I tell you what, if you'll do that, God can use that, turn the situation around, bless you and bless other people as a result. But we're going to have to count it all joy. You see, you have to understand, now I'm almost finished here, but get this, you have to understand the difference between joy and happiness. Remember I told you I was going to tell you the definition of joy at the end. Look, Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Now, they're very similar in many ways. But they are not the same thing. You must understand that. 
Happiness is a feeling. Joy is a spiritual force. I'll say it again. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is a spiritual force. It's a fruit of the human spirit. That's why I can say it's a spiritual force. Because it's in your spirit. By the Holy Spirit. Happiness, now watch this. Happiness is a feeling. How many of you know feelings are fickle, aren't they? Happiness is a feeling based on circumstances. So if you're getting the ice cream, you're going to be happy. If somebody takes it away, you're going to be sad. If your team wins tonight, you're going to be happy. If your team loses, you're going to be sad. Up and down, up and down, up and down. Happiness can be there one moment, gone the next. Somebody gives you a bad report, for the doctor gives you a bad report, you're not going to be too happy, are you? The doctor says it's benign, you're going to be dancing up and down. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstance, but joy, listen to this, joy is a fruit of the Spirit based on the Word of God. So what am I trying to tell you? You can have joy when you have no reason to be happy. Happiness will come. Happiness will go. Because happiness is based on what? Come on now. Based on what? Well, I, want to get, I want to get this through to you. It's based on what? Absolutely. Happiness is based on what? Circumstance. There's a lot of reasons for me not to be happy. But I could always have the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is always based on the Word of God, which never changes. Let's talk about a doctor's report. You get a negative doctor's report, you're, you're going to be sad. But you could have the joy of the Lord in the midst of that because the Bible says, by His stripes I am healed. If you're weak, be sad about that, but you can still have joy, right? Let the weak say, and the joy of the Lord is my, so I can have joy when there's no reason to be happy. If you don't take anything else other than this away from this message, that you can have joy even when there's no reason to be happy. You can have joy when there's no reason to be happy. You know, I want to say this to you. One of the definitions of joy, it means, it means cheerfulness, gladness, merry, and all that. But it, this is the best one that I like, a definition. You ought to write this down. It's a calm delight. A calm delight. All hell can be breaking loose around you. And guess what? You can have a what? A calm delight. What is that? That's the joy of the Lord. You get people saved with this joy. When there's a smile on your face and everybody else is frowning. And people ask you, why do you have a smile on your face? And you can say, it's because I've got the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ in my heart. That's what got my wife saved. Brought her to the Lord. Because somebody in her class, when she was in high school, had a smile on their face. And she had, she was, my wife had, had a hellacious upbringing. It was terrible. And she was sitting in, 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 in I guess it was a high school. And she asked a girl, she said, why, why, do you have so, why are you so happy? And the girl said, because I have Jesus. And I've got his joy, you know. And my wife got saved out of that. She may well have gone to hell otherwise. She may well have not lived out her life otherwise.
Do you understand how important this joy is? There's got to be something different about us than what the world has, and it's the joy of the Lord. Did you hear me? This nation could use a dose of, of Christians being joyful. I know there's a lot of joyful ones out there, but we could always use more joy. Because there's a lot of darkness in this land. And they need to see people that have a reason to living, a, a people that have a skip in their step and a glide in their stride, the joy of the Lord. And then they ask us, why do you have a skip in, the, in your step and a, and a glide in your stride? Because I've got Jesus in my heart. Did you get anything out of this? I'm not done yet, but I'm, I'm close. Look at this. How do you keep joy full? 1 John 1, 4. Go there real quick. Do you know there's more to have in joy? While you're turning to 1 John 1, 4, you know there's more to have in joy than running around the room and rolling on the floor. I remember some of them services back many, many years ago. Some of you may not even be familiar, but joy services. And the preacher would come around and, and uh, preacher would come around, you know, and slap you like that. Sorry. And jumping, rolling, running around. Sometimes it was the joy of the Lord, and sometimes, a lot of times it wasn't. It was just a, it was just a flesh. And you know how you can tell it, if, it, if the Spirit of God's in it, a blessing will go out over the congregation. But if it's flesh, it'll be like a bucket of cold water. I'm all for those kinds of things when the Spirit of God's in it. But I tell you what, you don't have to be running and jumping and dancing to have the joy of the Lord. But I will say this, if there's never any spark about you, if there's never a smile on your face, if there's never a glow about you, if there's never any joyfulness about you, then I have to wonder if you let your fruit wither. How do you keep joy full? Look at 1 John 1, 4. Write these things down. It says, and these things we what? What's that next word? We what? We what? Write to you that your joy may be what? So if you want to have full joy, you're going to have to be under the written word of God. You're going to have to read the written word of God. You're going to have to read it. Say read it. You have to read it. And then, look at John 15, verse 11. John 15, verse 11. We'll just do verse 11. Jesus says, these things I have what? You all know how to read now. I know that. Is it up there? These things I have what? Spoken to you that my, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. What do we learn here? It's the spoken word also, isn't it? See, it's the written word. He said, I write these things unto you that your joy may be full. So you must read the word of God on a regular basis to have the joy of the Lord. But not only that, you must also sit under the spoken word, the written word and the spoken. You need them both. You need to read it and you need to be here to, and not only just here in service, but during the week. Find you some good preachers. Put them on. Listen to them, you see. Because why? Because... It'll, it, he says, I've spoken these to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. We've got to have the word of God, you see. And then look at Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life in your what? Presence is fullness of joy at your right hand pleasures evermore. If you want the joy of the Lord, you're going to have to get in the presence of God. 
I don't know about you, but when they were up here leading us in worship, I could sense the presence of God. I can sense the presence of God right now. There's a teaching anointing in here. The Holy Ghost is in here. We're in the presence of God right now. And in the midst of His presence, there's what? Fullness of joy. But pastor, there's nobody jumping or dancing or shouting or running. I'll say calm delight. I don't know about you, but I've come to church already, and, and I had all bad things going in my life, and I got in here, and that worship started up, and I got up around the Word of God and began to teach, and it just seems for that hour and a half, all of the troubles of life just, 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 just diminished away. Has that ever happened to anybody but me? Now, if you're hooked in, now, if you're not hooked in, then, then you're just clocking time. It's going to just, my God, when is he going to get done? See, you're not going to get any good out of that, you see. You understand what I'm saying? Because you see Romans 14. So what do you need? You need to be in the written word, the spoken word, and in his presence. All three. And you, you must know you don't have to come to church to be in his presence. You can be in his presence. But church is one good place to go. Romans 14, 17. You know what the kingdom of God is? It's not in eating and drinking, but it's what? It's what? Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want some joy in the Holy Spirit. How about you? And then finally, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to charge you with the Word of God as you leave here today. Isaiah 55, 12 says, You shall go out with joy. See, when I was looking for a wife years ago, I couldn't find one. And... Uh, couldn't find one, and, 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 and uh, I couldn't go in the Bible and find who I was, should, should go out with. The only thing I found to go out with joy, but I wasn't in love with her. I was in love with Diane. See? <laughs> you know, if I ever got a crowd that wouldn't have heard all these funny things before, I think I'd tear them to shreds, wouldn't I? <laughs> but you know how funny my stuff really is, is that I tell the same stuff to you again and again, and we do still get a few laughs. But let me ask you this, and see if you learned anything. If I tell you a humdinger of a joke... And you laugh. Is that the joy of the Lord? Absolutely not. And that's where a lot of Christians miss it right there. They, they think that, and there's nothing wrong with a good Christian comedian. I don't have any, anything against that. But you can go and watch a good Christian comedian and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh and leave and not have the joy of the Lord. You just leave happy. But you can come to a place like this where I'm just teaching you the word of God and you're thinking, he didn't make, he didn't make, you remember that old, that old show from the 70s, Make Me Laugh? How many remembers that? Make Me Laugh as a game show? <sighs> I remember that one lady, Gallagher. Remember, anybody remember Gallagher? He was a comedian. He'd put the watermelon out. How many remember he took the, take the sledgehammer and he'd put all of the, the he'd give you the, the tarps, the, the ponchos to put over you and he'd slam the watermelon. How many remember that? And he was working on a lady one day and she had to make it a minute without laughing. And she's sitting up there and she's fighting it off and he's throwing his best stuff at her and she's sitting there going, <laughs> 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 and she did that for 60 seconds and she did not laugh and she won the money. Isn't that wonderful? But, but the point is, <laughs> She looked like a blowfish up there. I like. <laughs> anyway, 
But what I want you to know is you can go listen. Who's, who's one of the top Christian comedians in this hour? Okay, now I don't know him. He's probably great. But here's what you need to realize. See, a lot of people don't realize this. You can go sit and listen to him, and I'm not against that. I'd go, I'd sit, I'd laugh, whatever. But you can leave someplace like that, and all you got is what? Happy. Happy. But you can come to someplace like this where I'm not telling jokes, I'm not, you know, nothing, nothing like that, just teaching you the word. It seems in the natural, boring as all get out. It can seem that way. But you can leave with something far more important than being happy. You can leave with the joy of the Lord. And did, I got to tell you this. Did you ever notice, have, have you ever sit in a sermon, in a message, and and I, I'll say, it's time to close. And you're thinking, my gosh, where did that time go? Did you ever think, he just started. You know what, what that is? We got over in the spirit. And there's no time in the spirit. And you, that's, why, that's why that is, see? So, so if, 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 if things are dragging on, now, now, now get over in the spirit. I charge you, get over in the spirit. Hang on every word. Let the joy of the Lord. How do you get to the joy of the Lord? With the written word, with the spoken word, and with his presence. And let that joy well up on the inside of you. And let that calm delight come on you. And you've got a reason to live while everybody else has a reason to die. Can you say amen? amen. Stand with me if you would. Glory to God. This message here can really help you if you'll take it to heart. <clears throat> Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, before you leave, come up here and get with one of these nice people and ask to be introduced to Jesus. They'll introduce you to Him. You'll get saved. He'll come into your heart. You'll miss hell, make heaven, and He'll make your life worth living. In the meantime, if you need prayer for anything else, if you need healing in your body,